Next level sketch. Next level sketch. Next level sketch. Next level sketch. Well, hello, Next Level Sketchers. This is Paul Creasy from Next Level Sketch, and you're listening to episode eight of the Next Level Sketch podcast. Now that you've got all eight of the first eight episodes of the Next Level Sketch podcast, you can print them out, put them all together, and display them in a special collector's edition case. That will show the haters that you've won. Next Level Sketch is affiliated with Hoopla Impro, and we've paused our live shows there since April to make this podcast because we love live comedy, but we hate killing each other. Before we get started, there's just time to reveal the winner of this month's Next Level Sketch podcast Spot the Difference competition. Congratulations to those who spotted that the bearded man's left foot was on the rock in the first picture, while in the second picture, Margaret Thatcher was exploding. The winner this month is Boat Jenkins, who has won a free subscription to the Next Level Sketch podcast. Here's episode 8. Hello, Rent-A-Monster, how can I help? Oh, hi, yeah. Do you have any monsters suitable for under an eight-year-old's bed? It's just all of his friends have got one and he feels so left out. Let me see. There's been a bit of a rush on recently. I do have a couple of less popular models left. Oh, I'll take anything. A creepy talking doll? Great. Uh, I should warn you, it is extremely complimentary. Oh, no. Anything else? Got a returned disembodied hand. Perfect. Which gave soothing massages and plaited child's hair. Hmm. Any uh, evil clowns? Yes, uh, but minuscule and only slightly naughty. Oh, no. Ah, a one-eyed giant squid that turns into delicious calamari. No. Evil genius twins that do homework. Oh, anything truly scary? Uh, Sorry, no. Just a vegetarian vampire and a balding agoraphobic werewolf. (sighs) Fine. I guess I'll just have to put the mirror back underneath the bed. Next on BBC Breakfast, we hear from the man whose job it is to fill people's belly buttons with fluff before they wake up. John. That sounds like a tough job. It is tough, Sue. Uh, I've got a strong team behind me and and, and a huge barrel full of fluff, but this is a job that relies mainly on logistics, getting the fluff to the correct belly button on time. And how are you coping with COVID-19? Well, each of our technicians wears, of course, a face mask and surgical gloves, and they fill each belly button with antiviral gel before inserting that particular day's portion of fluff. So we do all we can. And what happens if someone wakes up screaming to find a man in a mask interfering with their navels? You'd be surprised how often that happens, Sue. I mean, usually we just slap them about the face and scream, at least you don't have an outie, uh, until they lose consciousness. Thank you, John. Next up, we hear from a government minister on plans to outsource toenail clipping management to G4S. All right. Thank you for attending the latest meeting of Conservatives Against Hunger. The country has called upon us to solve another problem. Apparently, more and more people are struggling to put food on the table. 
The chair recognises Darcy Trust Fund III. I'm afraid I don't quite understand. I find it quite easy to put food on a table. Noted. Uh, yes, Isabella Racism Smythe. Perhaps their tables are too small and their food keeps falling off. We could introduce a national minimum table size. (laughs) Well, in that case, I think the poor should take personal responsibility. Why don't they put some kind of adhesive on the table so that the food sticks to it? My school friend Euripides owns a glue factory, actually. The poor could invest in miniature trains to take the food to their tables. I really don't think we should forget about my glue idea. I know. Why don't you use pulleys to suspend the food in the air and then make the table and plate rise to meet the food using a separate pulley system? All right, I think we're all agreed. The poor need to install elaborate food pulley systems. Now let's have our lunch. You know, it really is more difficult than it looks. Slippery. You're watching London Weekend Television. And now, time to catch up with Richard Branson and Elon Musk in the next hilarious instalment of Billionaires in Space. Musk and Branson living on the moon. They bitch and they bicker, the silly old prunes. With Tesla and Virgin, they love their balloons. Exiled by the earth flames, they share a room. Hi Elon, I'm home. With the humans exiling us into space forever, we could be here a while, Elon. Do you fancy a game of Monopoly? Only if I can be the submarine, Richard. (laughs) Oh, Elon, you know there's no submarine in Monopoly, but there's a little car, like one of your electric ones. Okay, mate, and you can be the train or whatever. Like a virgin? Yeah, mate, but we're stuck on the moon. (laughs) Muskie and Branson living on the moon. A whole new way of banking. A stable team where you're our main focus and we take the reins. This isn't just any bank. This is a bank run by horses. Hi, can I get an overdraft, please? Nay! Next level sketch, we write sketches. Next level sketch, we write sketches. The word stretches. Next level sketch, we write sketches. Next level sketch, we write sketches. Oh yeah, comedy sketches. We were stretches, we ain't no leches. Oh, piss off, fucking right, we write sketches. Musk and Branson living on the moon. Here, Richard, I've got my girlfriend coming to stay. Can she borrow your bunk? Hey, uh, steady on, Elon. The authority said we couldn't have any visitors at our moon-based prison. No human visitors. They never said anything about aliens, my friend. Grimes, my beloved. Hi. I often get asked, what is it that drives me? 
what gives me my purpose in life. And I always have to say, if there's one thing that really gets me out of bed in the morning, it's this, collecting money owed to me by a dried grape. In fact, I guess you could say it's my raisin debtor. Get it? Get it? Raisin debtor. <laughs> I mean, I, I shouldn't really laugh. That raisin does actually owe me quite a lot of money. The little guy's been having a terrible time lately. His son's been very ill and so he's fallen behind on his payments. I mean, I feel bad for him, but in the end, I had to break his wrinkled little legs. I didn't want to do it, but, well, even though I only started lending him money to make the punchline of an excellent joke, it turns out that being a loan shark for preserved fruits is actually very profitable and I'm making quite a bit from it now. So you see, I, I had to send a message. You understand, right? Anyway, Raisinetta. You get it, right? Raisinetta. Like Raisinetta? It's French. Right. Well, it's great to meet you, Michael. I'm Lionel, the owner of the company, and this is Boris. He'll be joining us for the interview as well. Thanks for coming all this way. I appreciate it is quite remote. No problem. It's not every day that I get invited to a job interview on a billionaire's private island. It almost feels like a battle royale or a most dangerous game situation. You're not planning to hunt me, are you? Who have you been talking to? N nobody. It was just a joke. Good. Because there's absolutely nothing weird about this. It's just your standard finance manager role. Right. First things first. How fast can you run? I'm quite fast, I guess. Why? Is there a company running club or something? Yeah, in a manner of speaking. Now, let's say, hypothetically, that you're being pursued through the forest by a pack of hunting dogs. Would you be able to survive for, oh, I don't know, just off the top of my head, three days? I honestly have no idea. Sorry, do you mind if we move on to talking about the actual role? Yes, of course. Let's see. Well, you'll be working closely with Boris here. He doesn't say much. Great. Hi, Boris. G gosh, he's a big guy, isn't he? He's not a henchman. I wasn't suggesting he was, though he does look a bit like he wants to kill me. Is he the finance director? Sure, why not? Now, before I forget, let me introduce you to the other members of the team. Our prize hunting dogs. Bring them in, Boris. Wow, they seem to really like sniffing me. Yes, don't mind them. They just need to get your scent. Right. Any other questions you'd like to ask me? Yeah, what happened to the previous person who had this position? Oh, he lost the game. Job. He lost the job. Now, if you just pop this explosive collar on. Okay, that's it. This is all too weird. This Boris guy is clearly not a finance director. You're obviously insane. I'm leaving. Okay, Boris, let's give him a 30 minute head start, shall we? And now, a person deliberating over whether they have had enough crisps. Nah. Next Level Sketch Podcast Listen to us in the bar.
Were you followed? We don't think so. Well, you'd better be sure, because the documents I have blow the whole conspiracy wide open. And these people have eyes everywhere. Maybe even your newspaper. You realise we're not technically a newspaper, yeah? You do publish articles. Articles people read? Digital content, yes. And sure, people read it. Our click-through rate for June alone. Fine, whatever. So this shows who's involved. We're talking over 50 of the wealthiest... Sorry to butt in, but is there any way you could cut that down? Maybe to a list of ten? But it's not just ten. That's the point. This goes so deep that... Sure, sure, but if you could maybe just summarise it, get what you might call, say, the top ten secret conspirators you've never heard of, it would really help our publishing model. I mean, we can't let anyone off the hook. Take this guy. He's personally responsible for at least three deaths. Wow, I would not have guessed that to look at him. Would you, Janet? Definitely not. Worth a subheading. Top ten conspirators, number four will shock you. I got this photo too. It was incredibly risky. But you see that man getting into the cab? He handles the finances. Follow that paper trail and I think... Just to, just to check, after he got in the cab, did it drive away? Well, yeah. Ah, uh, see, that could be a problem. Because driving away... I can definitely believe that happened. Exactly. I really don't follow. What we're saying is, if you had a picture with more of a... This man gets into a cab, you won't believe what happens next vibe to it. Then that's really something we could work with. Look, this is deadly serious. If the documents don't convince you, that link I emailed you should. It looks just like a cute puppy video, but when you enter the secret password... They found me. You have to tell everyone. Don't let them win. The password is... Wait, where are you going? Don't worry, we have everything we need. People are gonna love that puppy video. Musky and Branson, living on the moon. Elon, ever since Grimes arrived, I felt like I'm kind of getting in the way. No, man, we've got used to having you around, like an old spaniel or Aphex twin or something. Oh, Elon, that might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Or to anyone, but my mind is made up. I'm going for a walk. And I may be some time. Richard, no. There's no money out there. Or any oxygen. No! He got away, Richard. You're right, Grimes. Richard Branson was too good for this moon penal colony for crimes against humanity. He deserved better than death in the cold vacuum of space. Aww. No, only kidding. Now I get double rations. Smusky <laughs> and Branson living on the moon. One of them said the other's a buffoon. But maybe the crime scene can learn the bassoon. A musky can join in on the spoons. Oh, careful, son. You almost fell into the dock. 
That's how poor little Jimmy Robinson died two years ago. I must be jinxed. First the horse nearly threw me off the saddle. Then that viper got into our cab. They're not even native to this country. And now this. Well, that's all your bad luck out of the way now. You've always made me proud, son. Smartest boy in your class, handsome to boot, and now the youngest ever captain of a ship, on its maiden voyage, no less. I could not be prouder. Straighten your cap, son. Mummy, no one wears them like that anymore. That's so 1900s. It's 1912. Get with it. Oh, which ship is yours? Oh, is it that one? The Titanic? No! No! Somebody help! A grand piano has fallen from the sky and crushed my son. He had his whole life ahead of him. Okay, crew. Battle stations. Battle stations. Dive to attack position. Aye, sir. Diving to 50 fathoms, sir. It's the order every submarine commander dreads. I've just received launch codes for our nuclear missiles. Yes, sir. What is the target, sir? The target is... Uh... I've got it here somewhere. Ah! It says, 51. Aye, sir. 30. Aye, sir. 26. Aye, sir. 0. Aye, sir. 7. Aye, sir. 33. Aye, sir. And the bonus ball is 12. Sir, I think that's your lottery ticket, sir. Good work, Jenkins. Thank you, sir. Might be needing that. Okay. Ah, here. Okay, here we are. Weapons officer, prepare tubes two and four. Two and four ready, sir. Our targets are Turkey. Prepare to arm warheads. Chile. Brussels. Starting pre-launch. Roast potatoes. Sir? And Iceland. Sir, this is a shopping receipt. Really? How can you tell? Well... Turkey is a flightless bird, and Iceland is a shop. And roast potatoes? Sir, we're running out of time. Yes, number one, you're right. Okay, this is it. It's very clear. It says, the target is Canada. The target is Canada? The target is Canada. Crew, this is the moment we've all been trained for. Good luck. Aye, aye, sir. Launching missile, sir. Vancouver, Calgary, the French bit. All should be eliminated shortly. Number one, turn on the radio. And may God have mercy on us all. Aye, aye, sir. And they're away. The target is Canada. It's an early lead, followed by Let's Bomb France. And with Spanish Holocaust making a move on the inside. And oh, the target is Canada as one by nose. And oh, my God. We interrupt this race to bring you the breaking news. We're hearing Canada has suffered a massive nuclear attack. Oh, the humanity. Why would anyone make Canada a target? A peaceful nation, a lovely nation, one of our oldest allies. I can't believe this has happened. I know. I had Let's Bomb Canada at 20 to 1.
Episode 8 of the Next Level Sketch podcast featured sketches written by Zoe Brown, James Walsh, Paul Creasy, Jess Karivik, James Turner, Daniel Smith, Greg Davis, Ben Fortescue and Nadine Bailey. The sketches were also performed by Rachel Cader, Jimmy Jameson, Ewan Brown, Jenna Cole, Vic Dry and Maren Kelly. Jingles were written and performed by James Walsh and Avelina Kraska. The theme tune was written by James Walsh and performed by James Walsh and Rebecca Diaz.